Welcome to People in Exile, where we have conversations, host interviews, discuss books, and engage with the Bible to help believers live out their faith in an unbelieving world. Welcome to this episode of People in Exile. I am your host for this episode, Mr. Christopher Chambers, and I am joined, per usual, with the broken Ben Ellis. The broken Ben Ellis. Yes, and actually, Andrew Chamberlain. That's right. Man, I feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> broken. No, I mean, that's it's how a, when, when I met a, him, that's how he introduced himself. Actually, yeah, that that's really how, is, That's really how is. God has broken me. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well then, he, and he he has yet to he put him back together. That, he brought that one on himself. <laughs> not, nothing's gonna change. <laughs> oh goodness. Anyway, what are we doing today? We are doing. We are continuing our study on the Sermon on uh, the Mount. Uh, last uh, week, what we took a look at was. Um, the, the uh, 17 through 20, where Jesus says, yeah. I have not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but I have come to fulfill uh, them, both the law and the prophets. And then he, he makes a statement in verse 20 where he says, uh, and your righteousness, those in the kingdom of heaven, your righteousness will exceed that of the scribes uh, and the Pharisees. And of course, uh, here at this time, this would have been pretty um, uh, an amazing statement, right? Uh, that he's making, wait a minute, you know, these, these are individuals who uh, were looked up to. Wow, they are adhering to the law uh, mm-hmm. uh, more than anyone else around, you know, outwardly, right? The manifestation was, go ahead, Ben. Well, I was just going to say, I think that's a really important point because I think as as 20th century, 21st century Christians, we have a very different view of the Pharisees mm-hmm. because we see sort of the condemnation that was heaped right. on them by John the Baptist and Jesus constantly castigating yeah. them for their nonsense. Yep. Um, and they're, they're trying to adhere to the law, not only adhering to the law, but adhering to the traditions of the, of the Pharisees. So we have a very different view of them. So yep. it really is, I think, important to highlight the reality that at this time and in this place, this would have been... You know, uh, 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 it would have been like a Billy Graham. It would have been yep. like somebody of that kind of caliber that you mm-hmm. always see is doing the right thing, doing the moral thing. Uh, and your and righteousness has to exceed that. And your righteousness has yeah, to exceed yeah. that, yeah. Absolutely. And so, again, it, it's just hitting at that. Again, we, 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 when we were going through the Beatitudes, talking about the idea that, um, uh, you know, we see the gospel uh, there. You know, I think here here Jesus is pointing to that point, right? The point is yep. that your righteousness will not exceed uh, that. And, and, and certainly after we get through these six examples that he gives, uh, it, 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 it highlights that even more. We're not going to get to this point. There's only one who ever did. Uh, and then at the end of this section, uh, of course, uh, verse 48, he says uh, this, uh, you you, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Again, pointing right. to himself once again uh, as the you know the authority here, uh, but also pointing to himself as the fulfillment, the, the the ultimate fulfillment of the law and the prophets. But what I wanted to do in setting up this next section again, there's six examples that he gives uh, coming up. He gives an example on on uh, murder, uh, and he says, you know, you have heard it said, go, so on and so forth. Uh, then he goes to adultery, then he goes to um, uh, divorce, he goes to oaths, he goes to retaliation, uh, and then finally. Um, loving your enemies is the last kind of example here. But I, I think it's important for us to look at this. Jesus says, I have not come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've come to fulfill them. So if we read this section as saying, well, it is written, the Bible is written, the Mosaic law, it says this, but I tell you this, well, then then, then he's immediately uh, contradicting himself. We know that's not what he did, right? We know yeah, that's correct. not what he did. Uh, what he says is, you have heard it said, right? You have heard it said uh, from those of old. The point here is uh, that there is is a distortion of the, the, the interpretation, the proper inter- interpretation of this law has been distorted, right? And so I think there's three things, as we're going through each of these examples, there's three things to keep in mind. Number one, what does the Mosaic law say? What does the original law actually say? Number two, how has it been distorted or perverted, right, by the scribes and the Pharisees, right? And then number three, 
what is the proper interpretation by the uh, 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 the final arbiter or the, the interpreter, and that being Jesus Christ? What does he say this actually means? What is the proper interpretation there, right? Would you agree with that? I think that's a great, great outline there. Okay. I got a, I got a point. Yeah. I don't know if it fits that outline, but I do have a point that I think it's interesting that the, you know, how, like, we can look at this and we can say, man, these guys messed up so big. How did they mess this up? They had, but... Think about it. Like, how much? I guess instead of just putting all the blame there, mm-hmm. you know, how how easy could have we messed it up? Mm-hmm. You know, I've read the Old Testament. I don't know how many times, and I'm, I got to tell you, there's times where I'm like, I could I could see this challenging. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, oh yeah, absolutely. So it's like I don't want to. I don't know. I don't want to have the spirit of a Pharisee as I judge a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. I guess is a good way of saying it. So, so I, I think it's it's important for us to look and 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 understand uh, that these things that we see the scribes and the Pharisees doing are things that we probably do in in, in our daily lives. These are, these are things that we probably do on a regular basis, trying to take the law, trying to distort it in a way that I can justify my actions, right? Uh, and, and thereby uh, uh, walking in them, or at least feeling as though I, I am properly walking in them. Yeah, well, I just, I, I'm, I think that part where you said about distorting is true. And I just wonder how much of that is intentional versus how much of that is just because of our... Mm-hmm. Sinful nature. Yeah, it's yeah. our sinful nature where we are... Um, in essence, deceiving ourselves without even knowing we're deceiving ourselves. And, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to put some like you know endless spiral to this that there's no out because obviously there's an out. Yeah. And you know, and, and scripture is given to us, and I think Ben's made this point for us to understand. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not. I don't want to come out like, well, this is an endless project that we're after. No, I don't think it's that. But I just, I think mm-hmm. we got to be careful as we go through this not to create in ourselves the spirit of well we got it they didn't mm. we're better they're worse yada right, yada right. because i i don't know if that's i don't think that's true either yeah and I, I, don't, I don't think that's helpful for us to, to have those those kind of critical uh, attitudes uh and then the, the second piece so that's one is understanding that we uh, uh do this ourselves right uh, our sinful nature right again not necessarily consciously but certainly our sinful nature I mean, it can be conscious it can be yeah, yeah. absolutely well and i think just before yes, you move on because you're going to move to the next thing mm-hmm. and i, I don't yep. want to make sure we throw yep. this out there too is that we do this not only with the law we do this with the gospel as well mm-hmm. like dietrich bonhoeffer talks about uh in the cost of discipleship he throws in this idea of cheap grace versus costly grace yeah. and recognizing the difference between those two things and we have a tendency to and this is the argument Bonhoeffer's making at that point, is that we have a tendency to lean into cheap grace over costly grace and understanding the value of it, which in a lot of ways is the exact same thing that really the Pharisees were doing as we analyze it from mm-hmm. that perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's not, not only do we do it with the law, but we also have the tendency to do it with go- the gospel so, as well. So kind of cheapening the law in, Correct. in, in a way. Uh, and, 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 and this is something Correct. you're going to see as we go through these six examples. As you see Jesus t- uh, teaching through these six examples, one of the things you're going to see is... Uh, that we have uh, the letter of the law and the spirit of the law, and they completely miss the spirit of the law. Right? Correct. The spirit of the law is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Right. That's the spirit of the law in every aspect that, that mm-hmm. he's speaking through. Uh, but all they want to look at is the letter. Okay. Well, this specifically says uh, that that uh, uh, you should not uh, uh, swear by uh, you know the name of God, for example. Right. Uh, and so they say, okay, as long as I don't do that, I can swear by something else. And again, this is the oath. We'll get to this later. Uh, as long as I do that, though, then I'm not actually going to be held accountable. The point is, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Right. Yeah, the, co- the, the concept they're really working with is how close can I get to that yeah. line without technically yeah. sinning? Yeah. You know, uh, it's one of my favorite, one of my, my the answers that just drives me crazy. Well, technically, and yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. 
Come on, man. Don't come at me with that. Again, as an attorney, hearings all the time. And and in these hearings, right, they're they're testifying under oath, right? Uh, Swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. And I can't tell you how often I have a client in the middle of a hearing, you know, has been testifying for now 10, 15 minutes, and then says, well, judge, to be honest with you, what, so, so what does that mean about the previous yeah. 15 minutes? You know, have you not been, been lying for the last yeah, 15 yeah. minutes? So um, again, it's just, but it's just, it's part of our language. It's part of our vernacular, unfortunately. Right. And it's yeah. like, it, yeah, that you know. is interesting. Cause if you think about it, we, we use that kind of phrase mm-hmm. often and mm-hmm. our intent of that phrase yeah. is what? Like I'm really, really, I'm, really right. telling the truth. <laughs> right this point, the yeah. previous things I was telling the yeah, truth, but right. there was a little, right. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's one thing, understanding that we ourselves are right, in, in, in our fallen nature uh, can, can fall into this same tendency that we see in the scribes and the Pharisees. And number Two, let's not forget about what Jesus had just said in verse 17 through 20. And he said, I have come to fulfill, right, the law and the prophet. That means every single bit, every bit of the, not just the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law, Jesus fulfilled to a T, 33 plus uh, years on this earth, right? You know, and I think we, you know, it's, yeah, that's a very good point. And I think there's a sense in which we take this very much as a didactic section, as a teaching section that Jesus is giving. But I think it's equally well to understand, I think it's equally beneficial, I think, to understand that as Jesus is, is highlighting and explaining what the real intent of the law is as we go through this process that I think it's important to realize that he is giving us a picture. He's painting a picture not only of what we as believers and disciples ought to be doing, but what he did do and Mm -hmm. what he was doing Mm -hmm. so that when we come back later on the back end of the gospels and we hear that, you know, Jesus was sinless and that, and, and those kind of statements, uh, we, we see this kind of in a new light because we say, all right, this wasn't just Jesus writing down things that we need to do to, you know, be better, to make ourselves better. He's also giving us a, a tutoring moment to tell us, hey, look, this is who I am and this yeah. is who I will be. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, another thing I just wanted to point out real quick, and I don't want, we don't, I don't want to go too far down this path, but I just want to mention this, uh, that one thing we see Jesus doing throughout the Gospels is praying, right? How often do we see him praying? In the morning, in the middle of the day, at night, What are you night, talking about? Night. I never see Jesus right. pray. Right, all, all, all the time. And, and, and again, he fulfilled all of these things perfectly, mm-hmm. right? And, and we see how much prayer that required, right? Absolutely. And for us, how little we tend to pray. You know, and, and again, not to go into too much detail, I, I see uh, certainly our church getting to the point where we're getting ready to walk into a season of significant prayer. I believe, right? I believe yeah. that's kind of where we're headed, thankfully. And I'm, I'm, I'm certainly grateful for that. But individually, corporately, I think... I think that's super important, and I, and I think that's something we, we often lose sight of, uh, is how important prayer is. But again, yeah. if you look at the Gospels, if you read through the Gospels, you're going to see it over and over and mm-hmm. over, uh, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. much Jesus is spending time with uh, with with the Father. So anyway, with that being said, we'll get back to uh, to this section. So again, just setting it up uh, real quick before we jump into that first section. He, again, he ends this, the previous section saying this, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that mm-hmm. of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom uh, of heaven. Again, a big, big statement there. And then he says this in verse 21, you have heard that it was said of those of old. Again, again, make that note. He didn't say it is written, right? He didn't say that the scriptures say, uh, he says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be liable uh, to judgment. Let me read the whole second. We'll come back and break it down. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says you fool uh, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift 
Now come to terms quickly with your accuser while you uh, are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge uh, and the judge uh, to the guard and you will be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid uh, the last penny. So we have kind of multiple sections here. The, the first section is what you have heard it said. This is, this is the way the scribes and the Pharisees have interpreted the law. But I say to you, Jesus, as the ultimate interpreter of Scripture and, and the author of Scripture, this is the proper interpretation of Scripture. And, and, and if you find yourself in this situation with this spirit or, or, or attitude, right, uh, for a brother in Christ, brother, sister in Christ, this is the way you should respond or with urgency, right? If you if you find yourself with an enemy or someone who is contrary to you and an, an adversary in some way, this is the way you're to, to respond, again, with that same urgency, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the breakdown of that little section there. So we'll, we'll get to the front of this, the top of this. Again, you have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. So if you go back to uh, the Ten Commandments, right, we see this here, thou shalt yeah. not murder, right? Uh, seventh commandment, I believe, right? Six or yeah. seven. Exodus, it's Exodus twenty, Deuteronomy five. Okay, so that's where that's where you'll see uh, uh, mm-hmm. um, the, the the Ten Commandments listed in uh, in the Torah in in, in the in Scripture, uh, and and it's true, right? Thou shalt not murder. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. he doesn't invalidate any of that. Either. Doesn't no, invalidate any of that. No, yep. not at all. Uh, all he does is, is, is take it a step further. But it's important for us to keep in mind that the thought, the mindset behind this uh, is as long as I don't engage in that act, then I am not violating that particular command, right? Mm-hmm. That as long as I don't physically take the life of someone else, mm-hmm. uh, then I'm good to go and that I can move on to the next command and worry about other things. And he says, not so fast, right? Yeah, and, and really what the thing that we are looking for earlier, you were talking earlier about love the Lord your God, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But really what Jesus is tapping into as well here though is the idea that this is loving your neighbor. Like, like as you go through, as we roll through these things, Jesus is telling us how he's going to love his neighbor more mm-hmm. importantly. You know, and additionally, in addition to that, as Jesus has said, the model of loving your neighbor, you also have to realize that this is the model that was set for us as Jesus loves his neighbor, which really becomes really quite, I mean, Jesus is on the cross. He's been beaten by the Romans, beaten by the Jews, and now he's looking across uh, down the hill to up the hill to Golgotha, and now he's being nailed to a cross. Mm-hmm. And then his and his 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 reaction to all of that is to, Father, forgive them; they don't know what they're doing. You know, I mean, how how else would you love your neighbor at that in, in that context? And I think that that's an important modifier. You know, it's an important model for us as we go through that because what Jesus is really doing is, is you know, all these things that all these places where he would have been justified as an innocent man mm-hmm. going through these issues, going going through these punishments for 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 uh, rebellions that he didn't create uh, to 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 lash out to be a justifiably angry. You know, uh, but he doesn't. Instead, he 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 goes the other way. Okay, so I'm going to take this a little different direction for a moment. Um, what type, what what version of scripture did you read that out of? Chris? This ESV. Can you read for me again verse 22? Yes, verse 22 says this, But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. Okay, that's the part I wanted to hear. Okay. All right, so here's just a different part real quick and this isn't a major point and I want to be clear with that but he does also notice there he he validates human forms of government on the earth mm-hmm. oh yeah I think it's a I don't think it's a major part but I think it is important to start seeing some of those things mm-hmm. in, in scripture because you know in different eras and different times Christians may come across situations where they they think they can skirt. You know, well, I am 
of the kingdom of heaven. I don't have to worry about what my county commissioner says. Mm-hmm. And and I would say, well, no, he says right here, things that you do on this earth are going to, you're going to be held liable mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. governing authorities that you have there. So just, I think that's a point to make because that same, uh, that same court is going to be the one that hands him over to yeah. Rome. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. It's pretty, I think that's a fascinating thing. So, you know, let that challenge who it needs to challenge. Like, where do we say, all right, I'm even going to obey the leaders that want my demise? Mm-hmm. You know, that, I don't know. That's a hard point for me. But I think if we then look at that from the the microscopic or we look at that from the everyday and then we expand it to the idea that you guys are capturing so well, which is loving God mm-hmm. and you showcase love for humanity, mm-hmm. That I think that's how a way you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you say... I want to be loving like Christ that even in scenarios and situations that are not for my best physical well-being, I am still demonstrating the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess t- taking like a Romans eight twenty eight approach right to that, God has allowed me to walk through these circumstances, and he ultimately tells me that, that, that all who love me and are called according to my purpose, uh, I will work all of these things out for your good. Right. Yeah. So understanding that as, as kind of a overarching principle, we can understand that if if God is allowing me to walk through this, uh, even though physically, like you said, right now, temporarily, it, it's it doesn't feel like it's for my good. Ultimately, I know he's going to use it for, for, for my good somehow. And he's ultimately going to use it for for his glory. Yeah. That's good um, Very good. Very yeah. Good. Yeah. I would just yeah, I would just agree with all that and just push just a little bit further and even saying that. Uh, our greatest good is going to be God's greatest glory. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. growth of the kingdom mm-hmm. in in all points and all places. So even though it may not be for my personal yeah. eventual, you know, this is not one of these pie in the sky, yeah. like everything's going to work out kind yeah. of moments. It may be that it yeah. always is terrible for you, yeah. but the kingdom has grown because of it. You know, obviously I think one of the easy examples of that is the point to Paul and the thorn in his flesh. He asked three times about it removed mm-hmm. and, God's like, nope, I'm not going to do it. You know, so he lived with whatever that thorn in the flesh even, was. You know, I was just say, even before that, we have Stephen, the deacon, right, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. there in yeah, Acts, yeah. Uh, who who uh, uh, stands up. He's giving, he's preaching uh, the word, and and they're stoning him, and he 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 follows the the uh, the moniker of Christ, absolutely. of Christ, yeah, yeah. exactly. And so <clears throat> so all good. Now let's move to that second part, if you don't mind. He says, you know, anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. Okay, so. We see that if you connect that part to back to 22, where he's like, look, if you're, I think the term, uh, what's the term again in the ESV in 22? It's Raka. Yeah. You uh, fool. Yeah, fool. Okay. Or good for nothing in the New yeah, American yeah. Standard. Yeah, and, and again, just look at that ver- the Raka, I think basically means empty, is what that is what the, 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 yeah, the term according, means. According to the notes I have it here. Could be, it, it could be empty minded. So, yeah. so fool, it could be empty as far as from a, from a morality standpoint. And I think. When I was doing some research on this a while back, I think this is kind of relatable to us having like a defamation type of suit today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think is how I read that and interpreted yeah. that. So if we want to use a, you know, con- uh, like a contextualization of it, maybe you can think in those terms, you know, if you're hearing today, think of someone who is defaming your character and therefore, you know, because defamation, correct me if I'm wrong, where it really starts to become an issue is when that that type of definite defamation in our society, at least really then inhibits you from being able to have gainful employment, have gainful opportunities. Is that a, let's, let's ask the lawyer. Is that a decent 
I don't know. If, I'm not going to put you on the spot. When so. Stephanie gets in, I'll ask her. <laughs> um, the, uh, that was the best one so far today. So, but I think the point I'm trying to make yeah. with defamation, like we have a society where we have, we have, and I hope it stays this way. And, you know, side note, but we have, you know, freedom of speech and we're allowed to say a lot of vulgar things. Uh, but defamation really comes in when, when there starts to be some, like, hey, this is really keeping me from something else. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and really it comes down to, as well, whether it be slander or defamation, uh, the, your defense against that would be the truth. Okay. Right? So if, if, if whatever they're saying is not truthful, so if you can prove that what they're saying is not, not true, uh, then, 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 of course, you win. You win yeah. that, that particular So issue. I think there's I – I, man, I, I'm, I'm stepping out on limbs. So if somebody's listening <laughs> to this that, that can go and tell me how wrong I am, please do. But I think there is a similarity – to that with this text. Yeah. Meaning they would take these things in front of the court when it was creating not just, oh, he hurt my feelings, but, oh, this is creating a bigger scenario, maybe monetarily, or we have really broken relationships. So now we've got a lot of other issues coming out. Like I can't see my kids or whatever. All yeah. right. So he, I, I think he's saying that. Now, when you get here and he's saying like, look, you're going to be liable to that judgment, but notice how he, he, he connects it then. He says... If you have that same type of heart, watch out mm-hmm. because that's, that's, this is the, this is the heart thing of murder. This mm-hmm. is the thing that's connecting when you, when you've devalued a person yep. and, and, and you take that internally and you devalue them, that's what God's getting at here. And he's saying, you're not loving someone when you've devalued them because mm-hmm. I've made them in my image. Right, there you, go. you are not over yep. them. Yep. I mean, that's what Paul gets to in Romans. He's like, look. You know, we're, we're, we have to remember, we're, he's the potter, we're the pot. Or he says, these are my servants, not yours. So that that's where he's getting to. He's like, look, yeah, you're going to be liable here, but understand that the bigger liability or the bigger thing in Jehovah is if you've got a spirit that views a human that way, then... It's, it's the same as murder. And, and again, I think you pointing back to the Imago Dei, right? Or Imago Dei, yeah. I guess. They're Genesis, what, 1, uh, 26, 27? 26, 27. Yeah. Yeah. Reference that? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's where he's getting to here, right? Is, mm-hmm. is, is, For all those who don't know, Ben preached uh, Psalms 23 yesterday. It was really good. Verse, well, and connected to Genesis 1 through 3. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. And no, no, it's, so he, he uh, but he, he brings that up. Hey, you. He, Everyone has been has been created in our image, in my mm-hmm. image, right? God, yep. uh, God's image, and so for us to start looking at someone and tr- well, you you know, <laughs> blockhead, you empty head, you uh, you know, fool, you, uh, you you have no morality, and God, you know, Jesus is saying, listen, every single person, including that one that you are devaluing, was made in my image, right, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and therefore has value. Yeah. And who are you to devalue that person? Yeah. Whether whether you at literally take their life from them. Right. Or like you're saying, to take parts of their life from them, whether they, you know, maybe not able to get a job because they've been defamed or slandered or whatever it may be. You're devaluing them in some way. Yeah. And if you've done that, you're liable here uh, um, is what he says, even even to hellfire. It's the same as as, as violating that particular. Uh, and the command. reason I think it's important to kind of figure out that part with going to the court is we have to be careful that this isn't just simple name calling. Because Jesus is going to call not too long from now. He's going to call the, the Pharisees a brood of vipers. Yep. He's going to call them whitewashed tombs. He's going to give them some pretty rough names. Okay, He's going to call Sa- Peter Satan. Right? So I remember when I was younger and I, I, I saw this text and I was like, oh my gosh, I, sh- I can't ever say the word fool. I can never say that right, word. I can't right. come out of my mouth. And I don't recommend people calling people fools anyway. 
But we got to be careful also not to insinuate that this is just simple name calling. Now, I'm not in agreement with that. I'm not saying that you should do that. I'm saying there is something about this that is deeper than just you fly off the handle and you say something that, that again, that's not right. But it's not you have you're going to a spot in your spirit where you are you are I, the best way I know how to say it and I can ever repeat it is you're devaluing them. Yeah. You're going after them. You're, well, you're diminishing. You're diminishing who they are as a yeah. person, yeah. right? And whatever, whatever, whatever way it is, yeah. you're diminishing who they are as a person. So that is, you know, I'm, again, we're recirculating a language here. But by diminishing their value, by by devaluing who they are, in a lot of ways, you 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 devalue not just them. You diminish not just them, but you but diminish yourself. the one in which they are created. Right. And true. so you begin to diminish and devalue that 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 imago day concept that we're that we're. And, and again, I don't, I, just, just for the sake of, of uh, helping us right, understand this concept a little bit better, just m- if we look at the second example, and again, I, I don't want us to move forward. We still got, we have a content. We need, we want, yeah, we want to continue. Yeah. But that same thing is happening there, right? With the lust particular, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly the act of, of adultery. But what you're doing is saying, I am, mo- yeah, that pride. Well, I am most important, right? Yep. I am elevating myself. And then I'm devaluing that individual, that lady who I am lusting about, right? I'm fantasizing mm-hmm. about in my mind. Yeah, because she's, right. just an object she's just an object of my pleasure or, or, or whatever it may be. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and so well, it's the same thing with murder here, right? Yeah, I was just going to say going into that as well. Um, it, how does this, like one of the, one of the challenges that we face um, as, as this whole people and going back to this people in exile context, yeah. how do we seek the welfare of the city? We cannot seek the welfare of the city by diminishing the people around us. Mm-hmm. There, there's no way to do that. Yeah. Like when we think about our political, con- like, we just came through a very nasty political season, Mm -hmm. right? In fact, it's, I mean, even when you look at the inauguration that Joe Biden had, there's still a lot of, a lot of things being leveraged one way or the other in that, in in that context in terms of, uh, Trump versus Biden and everything else. And you've got people who are saying, saying Trump won and all this, you know, all of this comes down into place. And, and throughout that whole process has been one candidate diminishing the other candidate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they were both at fault. So it's not like we're, you know, harping on anybody in particular. But the reality is, is that when we go through political seasons like that, we come through with an attitude where we are literally diminishing, diminishing some human being. Mm-hmm. Whether even if they, you know, even if they disagree with this, notice that there's no category here. Like if they're if they're a sinner, go ahead and diminish them. It's fine. It's okay. We don't have to do that. It has nothing to do with anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Because ultimately, even sinners are created in the image of God and they still bear his mark. They still bear his image. So whoever they are. That is a role, and in, in like you said, this that that same category, that same mentality flows down into absolutely every category yeah. of of the of the passage that we're trying to get through. So I'll be quiet, yeah. and we'll no, we're not, we're not going to get through the whole thing. That's all right. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to throw another wrench here. All right, here no, not a wrench. <laughs> okay, so we get this text, and and, and I think I think we're doing a, a decent job of explaining it. I'm sure there's some parts we could add or whatever, but let's let's take this another way. Is this text now saying? that there is no place for war, there is no place for um, capital punishment. Where where do we limit this text then? Because, um, you know, there is a movement, for example, within the, you know, I know people particularly that are like, look, that are strong believers, great great men and women of God. You can even go back to the Quakers and study the Quakers. They, they Pacifists. Yeah. So where, where does this text then give us like, okay, a parameter of that versus where does this text, you know, where do we stop? You know, because are we saying that there is never a time because of this text to say, you know what, what you have done merits this equal challenging action. I, and and just, to, just to be out there, I have 
the greatest in that respect for the Quakers and uh, Society of Friends who have taken the scripture and applied that pacifism to their life. Uh, I do not agree, though, because I think, and get everybody grab your coffee. Lewis makes this argument. Should we toast? Yeah. <laughs> Lewis actually makes this argument. He says, wait, wait, wait. We need to know which Lewis. Are you talking about like. This is C.S. Lewis. Lewis it's absolutely. Lewis. No, this is, this is absolutely C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis is actually making the argument. And remember, he's writing Mere Christianity. It's a series of radio talks during, during World War II, right? This is not like like distant ephemeral for him. This is like while London, while Europe's being bombed, bombed, right? And he's, and he's giving these radio broadcasts, but he's actually talking about the fact that you can be at war with a, with a country and not hate the people. Right. And not, and not, and still apply this text and say, look, what your leaders are doing are wrong. And we have to stop you because we are not, because we are equally called to, to stem the tide of immorality in our world but that doesn't mean I diminish who you are as a person, right? This is one of those, and, we, and to say it in a more colloquial term, we are allowed to love the sinner and hate the sin. We are allowed to go to war against the nation who has laws that are immoral and at the same time still say, look, we understand that you're living in a country. We still understand, but we have to do this because this is still right. No, well, I mean, you use Bonhoeffer. He, yeah. Was, uh, talk, talk about a complicated way of approaching it, though. Yeah, you know? I mean, he was he was right there, part of the he, Hitler assassination plan. Absolutely. You know, but I guess the point then is, is for the person who sees this and says, well, wait a second, I can't do this or I can't do that. Okay, how do we, I mean, I, I, mean, I think it's one thing we say we respect you, we, we love you, we, all these things. But if you get someone coming at you who says, man, why, how can you, Ben, or how can you, Chris, say, I got this text. You're telling me to love people. Tell me to love them. How, how can I validate, you know, these things? How, what would you, how would you speak through to them? I mean, that's, I mean, that's a challenging question, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, very, very much so. Uh, especially if, if we have eternity in, in, in always in mind, uh, mm-hmm. then, then whatever temporary laws, whatever temporary government, whatever temporary issues are going on, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. That's really, really tough. Um, I, I think at the same time though, that the, the, the scriptures are very, very clear <clears throat> that one of the things that God constantly, constantly, constantly is, is, is speaking against the Jews in the prophets is there, is there lack of pursuit of justice? So I think the I think the, not the limit to this text I don't because I don't think it's a limiting factor, but I think it's 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 an additional factor. Is that we take into account is justice being served? Like if I if I love my neighbor to the extent of permitting injustice, have I actually loved my neighbor? And the answer is no, right? So there's a sense in which I can say, hey, look, insert so and so. What you're doing is literally bringing injustice into the world. Your sin is causing injustice to carry through. Now, look, I recognize who you are. I recognize. But you need to be stopped. You you cannot continue to to eschew Does that violence into the I mean, world. Because Paul says clearly, you know, and I'll, I won't, I'll we move us on in a minute because I don't want to stay here forever. Paul, <laughs> Paul says clearly that you know the gov- the government's given a sword for a reason. I think Correct. That's Romans fourteen sixteen thirteen thirteen. Thank you. And so we know what that means. Uh-huh. Uh, they're not they're not tickling you with that sword. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> there, there's a there's a reason. There's a rationale, right? Mm-hmm. And, and um, we also we we believe that God has ordained three 
the the church, the government, and the family. Those are three mm-hmm. things that have come through the that the the Bible continually validates mm-hmm. in every season and every culture. Absolutely, um, regardless of how well those things are going. Okay, mm-hmm. so I would argue those two terms. The one that I have the hardest part with is capital punishment. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how, and we can maybe when we get into some other eye to eye. We'll get into that a little bit more, but that's the one I'm still challenged with. Is like, okay, how do we take that? You know, well, uh, Ben actually taught uh, this uh, Wednesday night. Actually, walked through briefly. So, what is the biblical mandate? What was the what is the biblical argument for capital punishment? It goes back to the Imago Dei. Ge- we've already kind of Genesis about, five right? and Genesis nine, where you have again, it's post fall too. So you're still you're not dealing with hey, well that was when everything was perfect. No, this is post fall. Genesis five, Genesis nine, and it says uh, your bl- uh, if you take Take the man of blood by by man shall your blood be shed. Sure, you know, and that's the and that's the the. But again, there's there's it's even in that even in that, I want to be careful how we apply that too, though, because there is there is a mitigating factor. The question is justice, right? That's the real issue at hand, right? God's God's image is 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 maintained and upheld when a life is taken in in the act of pursuing justice, hmm. right? Because there is an injustice that has been done, right? He, person A killed person B. Now, and this is why I think the state, again, going back to Romans 13, that's why I think the state is so important because the state ought to be impartial at that point, right? The state's not related to person A or person B. So they need to, so they act as a mitigating outside force that say, yeah, this really is a violation of the Imago Dei. Okay. This really does need to be taken care of. So I think that's, and again, that's good. That's good. I, I walk carefully in those roads sure. because again, I, I recognize my brothers like the Quakers who are pacifists and who do not believe in capital punishment and have deep respect for their perspective. So, yeah, you know, Chris, move us on. I just want to say to everybody listening, it's like, these are what I think this yeah. is how you should engage a text. Absolutely. Try to figure these Agree things out. hundred so percent. on, Chris. Thank you. So uh, again, we're not going to, we're not going to, for the lack of time, we're not going to uh, move into that next section. This is the, we'll end, we'll finish with this first uh, and, and only example. Uh, but again, uh, just going back to what we said at the beginning, three things we're looking at. What does the law say? What does the Mosaic law say? Thou shalt not murder, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have heard it uh, said of those of old, you shall not murder. Whoever murders will be liable to judgment. So they put that additional caveat. So whoever murders physically takes the life of someone else. Those individuals will be held liable. Of course, Jesus says, but this is the way that I interpret it. If you insult your mm-hmm. uh, brother, if you uh, uh, if you call you know, you fool, right, you'll be liable uh, to uh, the hellfire, right? So, uh, and then he gives us so 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 that's the way that it was uh, that stated originally. Here's how they changed it, right, uh, to distort it a bit to make it easier to mm-hmm, uh, uh, mm-hmm, fulfill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then and then this is the way that Jesus actually interpreted. It. And then he says, if you have this spirit or attitude within you, right, and and he, and he gives us two examples: one inside the church and one outside the church, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if 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 your brother or, or or sister, if you have something against them, you know, you, you don't come to church and 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 uh, you know and, and, and our exactly. current concept is normal. Yeah, right? like everything's okay and everything's not okay, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love others, right? Love God, love others, right? That's that's what we're called to. And and so if, and if you're not properly loving others, you're not properly loving God either, right? Right. And just to, I just want to highlight one thing because I think people miss this far too often. This the Jesus, what Jesus is saying here is not if you know you have something against somebody mm-hmm. else. No, 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 no. It's actually quite the reverse. If you know your brother has yeah. something against you, yeah. then you 
you cease the worship yeah. and you go fix it and come back. So this isn't yeah. about yeah. about what what you know maybe angry in your heart per se. This is about you know have you You've been done at something. peace with the people yeah. around you? Yeah. And then you and then you come back to that. And again, there's a sense of urgency, right? That we have here. absolutely. Don't, don't wait until we're done here. Like like you said, Andrew, business as usual. Stop. No, it's not as usual. We're mm-hmm. going to move forward. We're going to we're going to do what we can to reconcile. Now, there's no guarantee of reconciliation, right? But as far as we can, right, we'll, we'll try to live peaceably, right? At, at right. that point, we're going to seek that reconciliation. And mm-hmm. at the same time, again, if it's somebody outside of the church, right, mm-hmm. not not somebody, mm-hmm. a non-believer, and they have somebody against you, and they're going to take you to civil court, right? you say, no, 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 you're going to do what you can to reconcile that thing, make it right, so you don't get to that point. Because then what are you doing? You're really expanding, uh, uh, and, and, and you're expanding the individuals that see what you did, claiming to be a child of God, right? So, mm-hmm. so, so there, there, there's some of that as well. But, but again, in both instances, we're going to move forward now. There's a sense of urgency. Let's get it done. Let's not wait. Let's not right. wait, wait for, for, for the, our civil government to, uh, to, to determine how this is going to be reconciled. You do what you can to reconcile now, yeah. right? That's great. In both of those instances. Well, with that being said, it is, uh, it is about time for us to shut down. So, good, you did a good job there, Dan. That was great. Questions, comments, concerns. <laughs> uh, here's what I would say. We're going to move forward to um, to the next example, and we'll see where we get, uh, you know, in, in the weeks ahead here. Um, we do want to continue giving these books away. Gave out one yesterday, and, and one thing I did want to mention about some of these books that we're giving out, these commentaries, they can be used as references, right? Absolutely. Uh, it, it's not necessarily something you open up and you read from cover to cover. You certainly can. Unless you're Chris Chambers. Well, and then... no, no, you, you can. You can do that. But but again, the, these are commentaries on the scripture. So, you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're teaching... Uh, the Bible, and, and, and you happen to come across one of these, uh, you can use it in, yeah. in those studies. If you're just studying it, you can come across, you can use uh, this as a resource. So how do you get one of these uh, books? What do you do? Well, if you're our viewer here in Facebook Live with us this morning, we're so glad you're here with us this morning. If you'd like and share uh, what you've got going on today, that's one way of doing it. Yeah, if you uh, subscribe to our episode, give us a comment that way, that's a way. And then uh, we will go back to our old way as well. If you see this episode come up on your Facebook feed and share it and make a comment, something. The, the whole idea is any of these public ways that you can help us just have more people interact with us and you let us know so we can see that you're doing that, then we'll put you, give you an opportunity to win a book. Absolutely. Yeah. And, then, and who's and then, the book we gave to this weekend? It was Stott, John Stott. It was, okay. Uh, yeah. Who, who, it was, uh, Keith, uh, who Keith Muller. Keith, Keith Muller. Muller. Nice, yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. So talk to, him, uh, talk to him uh, and this if week. It, and you know, I'm going to throw a wrench right here. If yeah. you're out of this area, yep. like Spring Hill, I'm, I dare say we would even be able to. Mail it. Oh, yeah, we'd mail it to you. Absolutely. So if you, you know, because I had a guy comment to me last week, uh, shout out to Mike. Um He's in Maryland, and he was making some comments about. It. I'm like, all right. So if you're, you know, in Maryland or wherever, we'll be happy to share share these books with you as well. Absolutely. So. Uh, which one of you wants to close in a word of prayer? I think Ben should do it. Today. All, right. all right, I'll do it. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for the day that you've given us. Thank you for just your word and giving us the ability to dig deeply into it, to drink uh, from uh, just a well and a source of life that you give us because you've shown us yourself. Lord, we pray that you would help us to be the kind of people who love our neighbors and passionately seek their good, uh, not only because, not only for their sake, Lord, but because you have crafted and created them in the image of God. We pray that you would help us to be peacemakers in all the places that we walk. And Father, as we do seek to live in this time of exile, that we Look forward to our citizenship in heaven, but Father, we seek the good of where we are now. Pray that you would open our hearts and our minds and our eyes 
to the places that you would have us invest our lives in pursuing that good. So we pray these things in Jesus' name and for your sake. Amen. Amen. I did want to mention one other thing because uh, we didn't in that kind of quick rack up, wrap up there. Let's, let's not forget about the other two pieces. The one piece uh, was that we do these things, right? We have this anger uh, in, 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 for others in our this heart. This is our PS moment. Right? Yeah, that's our PS. Yeah. But, but right, we have that in our hearts sometimes where that anger uh, comes in and we, we have a disdain uh, for our fellow human beings. Uh, and so let's keep that in mind. We're, we, we can't live this perfectly, right? In our no. simple fallen state, we can't. But Correct. we know who did, and yep. that is Christ. That's who is speaking these words here that we have been studying here and ultimately would die on the cross for us so that giving us an opportunity mm-hmm. to be reconciled to God. So uh, again, uh, understanding that, that that righteousness will be imputed to us if, right, by grace through faith, uh, we, we place our faith in him. So I just wanted to, to mention that kind of wrapping this, uh, this up here. So anyhow, thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Very good. As always, thank you for listening to People in Exile. For more information, visit the website, peopleinexile.com, and make sure to follow us on Facebook. Until next time, keep praying and seeking the welfare of your city.